This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Husker Rewind. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby. That was fun. Got to do the postgame show with the legend, Eric Strickland, Austin Norman as well. That was fun. It was. Uh, game wasn't fun, but, you know, like he said, there's there's guys that played probably the worst game they're going to play this year, uh, and it is what it is, man. Uh, I think, like we kind of talked about there at the end of that last break, it's all, how do you respond on Wednesday? Yeah. Um, you know, you got punched in the mouth, and it, it didn't go well. So Creighton's going to punch a lot of people in yeah. the mouth. Yeah, they, and that's they, the whole thing. I mean, we, we didn't necessarily give a lot of props yeah. to Creighton for the way they played because they, they caused some of Nebraska's problems. But Nebraska's problems, I think, were far more internal than they were what Creighton did. Yeah, I know Nebraska was late getting there, but Shireman was on fire, and you know that he felt something like, I, I got to win this rivalry game. I turned down Nebraska, and I went to Creighton, and a lot of fans are mad at me for that. Uh, so I think he was zeroed in, and he hit six threes in the first half, uh, and he was on fire. He had, he had 20 points at halftime. Yeah. That, that guy is a really good basketball player. Don't kid yourself. It was a big loss when Nebraska didn't get him last year. I, I think it's... Uh, automatic NCAA team if he's on this year's team. Oh, I, yeah, guarantee it. Uh, and I still think Nebraska's going to be fine anyway. I mean, I, I'm not worried at all. I think they had a bad night. I think Tamanaka just didn't get any help. They 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 need to find the right recipe uh, because there is a drop-off sometimes when Jamarcus Lawrence goes out. Uh, he's still learning the point guard position. Sam Hoiberg is not a natural point guard. I think that's one of the things that they really miss is Sam Greasel backing guys down and finding a way to find uh, guys. And he, by the way, he had help from Derek Walker. Derek Walker was uh, the best point center you ever saw in what, college basketball. Well, and at that point, I mean, Rick Mast has Derek Walker's game. I mean, Walker was a little bit more polished around the rim, but until today, Rank showed some unbelievable moves. But today, Rank was 3 of 11, 1 of 5 from 3, 3 of oh. 11 from the floor, which means he was 2 of 6 from around the basket. You know what He's happened? normally not two of six from around the basket. He's normally five of six. It was like I said, it was just one of those yeah. nights. And as as you know, frustrated because it's Creighton. I get it. Bounce back. It, it, I we're upset. We're now over. We it. were happy this Let's time last out. year. Remember yeah. because uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner didn't look good in that game, and then he went. Out, I think he was injured after that, and he was done for a while, and then he came back. And yeah, just, there was also rumors as that yeah. what kind of an injury it right. was was it a I, mental one or a physical <laughs> one? But he came back, and he was the defensive player of the year in the in the Big East. So he he really played well, and they went to the Sweet Sixteen. Is whatever you know, Creighton is really really good, and I know that they dropped to Colorado State, but that's a good basketball team yeah. when they're hitting shots. Uh, Nebraska did not play well. Uh, they got to get that side of it fixed. But more than anything, what disappointed me was, you know, not the shooting because that comes and goes, the lack of intensity. Uh, and it, you could you could see that Creighton, that's what they do. They go for the jugular. They go for the heart. They try to rip your heart out. And a lot of times they succeed. Yeah. Uh, and, and because you lose your will after a while defensively. Well, and yeah, when, when guys are hitting, well, <laughs> that's the problem. When guys are hitting, when they're missing their wide open threes because yeah. you didn't close out and then they're getting an offensive rebound and a dunk. Uh, it gets a little frustrating. Yeah. So uh, let's let's put a bow on the game yeah. and uh, jump I'm into sorry. another quick break, and then we will come back with the Big Ten Hoops Blitz. Yes. And then I, it's a little early to start ranking them, but I think we can do it anyway. All right. We'll be back with the Big Ten Blitz after this. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 
Welcome back. Hour number one, actually, of Husker Rewind. The pregame show before that is Nebraska Falls to Creighton at home and loses their first game of the year. They go to 7-1 Creighton to 6-1 after the 89-60 win over Nebraska basketball. But uh, a lot of other teams playing hoops right now throughout the Big Ten. And uh, same as we do for football, it's time to do the Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. All right, Mike, you want to kick it off or you want me to go? Why don't you kick it off with the, uh, the biggest game of the week in the Big Ten? Uh, it was Marquette falling to Wisconsin. Was that the – you want to go with that one? Well, I was going to do – I thought you were going to do the Northwestern-Purdue okay, game. Okay, I, I could do that. Uh, Northwestern over Purdue in overtime. That happened actually on Friday night, 92-88, to 88, back and forth. It looked like uh, Northwestern was, Northwestern was going to win in regulation. Uh, and then Zach Eady makes a shot at the buzzer. It goes to overtime, and boo-booey is boo-booey. I mean, that guy – uh, might be the best point guard in the league. He had 31 points. He also had uh, eight assists. He played really, really well. Uh, and Northwestern has got to be ranked up there with among the top six, you would think, in the league. They host uh, they host uh, Chicago State on Wednesday at home while Purdue is hosting Indiana. And so far, Purdue's still number one in the country. I doubt that they'll stay there. Uh, when the new rankings come out. Yeah, I, I really don't think they will either. Um, the, the game you had mentioned earlier, Wisconsin-Marquette, uh, Wisconsin with a 75-64 win. Mac Klesman, or Max Klesman, uh, 5 of 8 from 3, hit all four foul shots and had 21 first-half points as Wisco upsets number 3 Marquette yesterday. They've won three in a row in that series. Mm-hmm. That's a series that goes back and forth. they played like 140 times or something. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, they're only about 65 miles apart. Uh, the Badgers out-rebounded the Golden Eagles 38-23 and outscored them 18-2 in second-chance points. Uh, heck of a win for Wisconsin. Uh, Marquette, a little bit like Creighton. They can shoot the three. They can yeah. get up and down the floor. They're a team that I think is going to be dangerous come tournament time, but they had one of those nights like Creighton did against Colorado State, sure. and uh, things kind of fell apart. Wisconsin is at Sparty on Tuesday, then at number 2 Arizona next Saturday. So Wisconsin with the... Uh, a spicy little part of their schedule right now. Yeah. Holy smokes. Not a great game for Chucky Hepburn in that game, uh, the win over Marquette. I always watch his stats to you know, kind of picture and see how he would have done at Nebraska because there was always that speculation. He was 3 of 9 in that game. But nonetheless, Wisconsin gets the win. Indiana over Maryland. Indiana improves to 6-1, and 65-53. That was on Friday. Uh, Indiana had four players in double figures. Uh they're a good basketball team. I don't think they're a great basketball team. Uh, I'm not sure what's wrong with Maryland right now, 4-4, four and because four, I think they have some good players. Jameer Young is really good. Uh, Jalen Reese is a really good player, but they have significantly dropped off this year and are now 4-4. Four and four. Let's see. Uh, Indiana is at Michigan this week. Maryland will host Penn State coming off a loss to Bucknell last night. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Illinois and Rutgers did battle, and uh, 24th ranked Illinois rolls 76 58 past Rutgers in Piscataway. Uh, Tarrant Shannon Jr. had 23 and 10 in the conference opener for both teams. Marcus Domask added 15 for the Illini, who improved to 6 and 1. They won at Rutgers for the first time since 2018. Rutgers saw their five game winning streak snapped 
They sit at 5-2. and two. Austin Williams and Andre Hyatt each had nine to pace the Scarlet Knights. Illinois also dominated on the boards, 55-27. Uh, Rutgers is at Wake Forest and Seton Hall this Wednesday and Saturday. Meanwhile, Illinois hosts 13th-ranked Florida. Yeah, take two. Florida Atlantic on Tuesday, mm. and then they travel to number 10 Tennessee next Saturday. This looks like one of those years in the Big Ten, and I hope I'm wrong, uh, because there are some teams that are really talented in this league. Uh, Michigan State will probably remember at any point it's Michigan State. But you have two ranked teams right now. Yeah. You have Purdue, number one, and Illinois ranked 24th in the country. And they had that nice preseason win over Kansas, but it wasn't a real win uh, for Illinois. We'll see how good they are. Uh, You mentioned their win over Rutgers. They manhandled them in Piscataway. Yeah. Uh, But that would be sad to me if there's only two ranked teams at the end of the year in the Big Ten. I, I you know, the, the thing is, I'm kind of sitting here looking at it, and I'm like, well, you know, I guess I might see Wisconsin being, you know, in the, the That's 20. That's a great win over Marquette. Yeah, 20 to 25th, but they got to put it together for a string of games. Indiana's a team I think is going to um, be salty this year. Northwestern could I think Northwestern's a team that's going to be better than people think. Ohio State's going to be a solid team this year. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many They teams- need to change their how they do in the NCAA tournament. Well, that's the key. Yeah, I, I don't care if we got 14 teams in. Yeah. Uh, we would, and maybe win a national yeah, title. Yeah. We, can, we say that in football. It's been the same way in football. You need to win a national title. Ohio yeah, and, State, the last and, to, and, uh, team to do that. And after everything shook out at, at 11 o'clock this morning and the way everything was announced, my hope now is that either Alabama or Michigan absolutely destroys the other by yeah. 40 points in, in the, the first game yeah. in the 1-4 matchup. And then Washington wins because it's Texas, and we all hate Texas. And then Washington smokes whoever wins the Alabama-Michigan game. Well, let's have that discussion because uh, the final four are in and finish up our discussion. Of well, yeah, the let's put a bow on this. We can jump uh, yeah. into the college football playoff. Uh, I think Purdue's still uh, the best team of the league. They're the number one team for now in the uh, college basketball with some nice wins. Uh, they're 7-1. I have Illinois at 6-1. and one. Those are the only two ranked teams in the league. Then you have a bunch of teams like... Indiana, uh, who is six and one, Wisconsin coming off that big win over Marquette. Michigan State will figure out that it's Michigan State. After that, to me, maybe Northwestern, and then you got the Nebraska's, Minnesota's, Rutgers, and Maryland's of the world. Yeah, I've got. I think Purdue and Illinois. I mean, it's really early in the Big Ten basketball season, but Purdue Hard and Illinois seem like right now the best. A uh, couple of teams. I've actually, if I'm going to rank them today, which you know we did for fun. Uh, I've got Northwestern at three, Indiana four, Wisconsin five, Ohio State six, and again, Michigan State at seven right now, but I think they may wind up three uh, at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then Iowa, Nebraska, Michigan, Minnesota, Rutgers, and then Penn State and Maryland. I think they're both going to really struggle this year, and I'm not sure about Rutgers either. Um, I I know they're five and two, but it's kind of a a weird five and two because those five wins were against kind of the strength of schedule that Nebraska saw the first seven games, and you would have expected them to win. Uh, the two times that they've been challenged, they really haven't looked good. I look quickly at the box score of that uh, Rutgers uh, game, and uh, who the, who the uh, Rutgers uh, got pounded? Oh, yeah, by uh, Illinois. By Illinois. I, I noticed the Rutgers didn't have anybody in in double figures. No, they had a couple Not, guys with nine. That's crazy. Doesn't that remind you of the Doc Sadler, Danny Nee era sometimes? <laughs> More Doc Sadler, if, not if, Danny Nee. If but. you could say, well, man, if we could get just two guys in double figures consistently. Maybe we could win. Um, and I, I understand that's kind of how Rutgers has lived as of late with defense. Yeah, uh, They don't rely heavily, and I know they've they lost a, a few guys from, from last year's team, Baker, uh, gone this year. But um, nonetheless, that, that's 
we'll see. We'll see what good and bad, bad losses are. I don't think we, we know what a good loss or what a bad loss is. Um, they're all bad, uh, but we'll, we'll find out more as we go along with the Big Ten. Uh, college football playoff, you mentioned it. Uh, the vote is in. We know who the four are. Uh, no surprise that Michigan, after that 26 nothing win over Iowa in the Big Ten championship, uh, gets the number one seed. But I don't think that they knew that they were going to have to play the team that they ended up having to play. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Washington, number two. It was Texas, number three. And the big controversy, would it be Florida State or would it be Alabama? Alabama uh, is in the four-team playoff. And they'll match up. Michigan might have the worst matchup in the college football playoff versus Alabama. Uh, Jalen Milrow is going to be a, a big reason why you say that and 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 super talented. Well, they just beat the number but, one team in the country. But bottom line, though, Alabama shouldn't be in the conversation here. They, they just shouldn't. simply shouldn't. I, it's, it, it's the whole discussion of, I heard this discussion over and over, and to see if you agree with it. Is it who I think the best team is, or is it who's more deserving? to go to the four-team playoff. And that's what, that's been the discussion on, you know, all the what, college football shows. And, 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 and Kirk Herbstreet, there's a lot of verified rumors that a member of the college football playoff committee handed Kirk Herbstreet a prepared statement for him to read about why Alabama deserves to be in before they announce the teams. Yeah. And like I said, there's a lot of sources that are all very reliable that have been reporting this today. So this, I mean, this seems like, ESPN's got the SEC now moving forward They've starting next contract. year. We're going to give them a nice big present. Um, but I, I think the, your, the, you, you, you asked the question. The debate, though, is worthy because uh, the debate really comes down to, yeah, we would take Florida State because they are undefeated, but they lost their quarterback. They were averaging with Jordan Travis. They were averaging a 20 po- or 40 points a game, and now they're averaging 20 points a game. Yeah, we know they're undefeated. It was a... It was an ugly win, and if you watch that uh, Louisville win on Saturday night, it did look really ugly. They did it completely with defense, and then maybe you as a voter say to yourself, can that team, like playing Iowa-type football, win the national title? And you probably say to yourself, against those offenses that they're going to face, no way. So uh, let me let me ask you this. One of the best responses I've seen on Twitter um, so if Patrick Mahomes goes down and it's a season-ending injury this week, did the Chiefs just automatically not? Yeah. Are they not allowed in the playoffs? <laughs> that is an interesting question. I can again, I can see both sides of this see, argument, and I can't. And I'll tell you why. You said, "Is it the four best teams because everybody has an opinion and they're going to make their case, or is it based on resume and what you actually did?" Correct. So is it the deserving team that went 13-0 and and won a Power 5 conference championship and won the, the championship game in that conference, which, which is deserving, which is all factual, right. it's not subjective in any capacity, way, shape, or form, or do you want to subjectively say, yeah, but they don't have their quarterback, and that means Alabama's a better team, so they have a better shot, so we're going to put them in, even though they deserve it. Let me because ask you this Because factually, question. they flat out deserve to Let be in Let me ask there. you this question. If Alabama played Florida State, in the fourteen playoff, who would win? Alabama would be favored. I would take that. LSU. They're the better team. I, I would take that. Florida. They're, they're the better team on paper. I get it. With with Florida State not having their starting quarterback, but with that defense, I would give Florida State more than a puncher's chance. Right. I don't think it'd be a, a twenty point spread, and ultimately wind up being a game that that 
Florida State gets absolutely blown out in? No. Okay, of those four teams, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, who's your national title winner? Washington. Mainly because I absolutely despise with every ounce of my being the other three schools. <laughs> I don't like Harbaugh. I don't like what's necessarily going on. I don't like to see any sort of Texas revival. That that stinks. And do I like seeing Alabama in any sort of playoff ever? I was rooting against Florida and Alabama, but both those wishes couldn't come true. So I was I was going against Alabama. I wanted to see Georgia continue the planes. They had won 29 in a row. They lose for the first time in 30 games. Uh, so hands it, hand it to Alabama. That's a great win. And maybe the best win in college football this year. But you lost or, on your home field versus Texas wait a by minute. 10 points. Or was the win on with a 4th and 39 against a 6-6 six and six team the best win they had all year? Or was the other two uh, <laughs> single-score wins they had over teams that had less than 500 records their best win of the year? When you sit there and look at it, you compare schedules, and I get it, Florida State strength the schedule was 55th in the country and Bama's was 15th or 18th or something. I, I totally get that. But at the end of the day, 13-0, Power Five Conference champion. Resume says they deserve to be there. Subjectively, everybody that evidently makes this decision went, nope, we don't think we don't think that Florida State is as good as Alabama, so it's we're going to put Alabama before. in. It never happened before that a Power Five champion, undefeated Power Five champion, has not made uh, the national title game, and they didn't do it. Uh, so you definitely have that, that uh, thing. Hopefully this is all going away next year, right? 12-team playoff. Here, uh, let, let me ask you this. How many, how outraged, so for the sake of argument, I'm going to throw a middle of the pack, uh, I'm going to throw a Missouri. Right. I'm going to throw a Missouri in there. And when the college football playoff rankings come out and they pick the 12 teams that are going to be in the playoff, Missouri's going to be 13th. How insufferable are their fans going to be oh, demanding that they should have gotten in? I get I, it. That's why I chose Missouri. <laughs> um, but... It's. It, I mean, it goes back to the the first team left out of the NCAA basketball tournament every year. Their fans are always yeah. like, "You got to be kidding me!" Um, I I'm not happy with the 12 team playoff. I think it's four too many teams. The the four team to me, we needed an eight team playoff yeah. to get the eight best teams because Alabama is one of the eight best teams. Georgia is one of the eight best teams. Ohio State is one of the eight best teams. Might be one of the best four best teams. Yeah, I mean, you'd certainly but, have that but, argument. But to the point of, do you really think that number 9, 10, 11, 12 are, are deserving to have a shot? And, and I'm, No, but I, I want more football. And I'll, so I'll give you that. Give me a 16 to 24 game. I would, I, would rather, I would have rather had it settle at eight. But it yeah. is what it is moving forward. There's nothing we can do to change it, nor is there anything Money. we can do uh, to change it from uh, Bama being in and Florida yeah. State getting the, the the bra into the deal. I here. will tell you this. The TV networks are very, very happy. ESPN is extremely happy that they get Alabama and not Florida State for TV purposes. Well, And that's the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, conspiracy. It's, it's, it's all it's Somebody's not even a conspiracy. Cheating. It's all about. What's going to make us the most money? Yeah, I like money, and that's why we do commercial breaks we to should make do money. That. Uh, let's take a commercial break now and come back with one of our favorite people of all Heck time, yeah. Tanya Taki, uh, of course, a coach at Nebraska one and a great commentator on this show. Of course, she was one of the great middle blockers of all time for Nebraska volleyball, and we'll talk to her next. This is Sunday Rewind. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind. I am Mike Melby. That is Tom Stevens. 
For those watching on the Sarder Heyman stream, thank you very much. We are live on Channel 951 on Allo. We are also live on Twitter, on Twitch, on Facebook, and on YouTube. 402-464-5685 is the Sarder Heyman text line and Honda of Lincoln hotline. And we are now joined on the Allo VIP line. As I grab the liner, uh, <laughs> brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We are joined by head coach of Nebraska one, Tanya Taki. Tanya, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but Nebraska's got a pretty good volleyball team, and they are in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. I'm I just going to throw that out there. Not sure if you knew. Yeah, that's exciting. I was at, I was able to go to Friday's game and watch Saturday's game along with the Creighton game and the Stanford game, and it, I just was enjoying all the games this last weekend. Talk about that Long Island game a little bit because they did not look good. They they swept Long Island, but they did not play well. And John Cook said, "Hey, they're a form." It gave Long Island some credit, uh, but then they come back the next night. They play really, really well against Missouri. Of course, Beck Alec didn't play Friday and did uh, play really well uh, last night. But what is it like when you're facing a team that you're such a formal, you're such a huge favorite against? What's it like in competition to, to compete at that level, knowing that you should win easily? I mean, that's definitely, it's, it's kind of just a mindset, you know, um, you know, when I'm coaching younger teams and, we're trying, you know, we're going to, we know we're going to face a team that we can be really bad. And then the next game is somebody that we could, that absolutely could beat us. I do try to give them like a goal of some other, something else to work on. Like, let's see how many kills we can get from our setter dump, or let's try to do something. You know, you got to kind of give them another reason to, to play hard. And, you know, sometimes you have to do that. And this is obviously a young team. Um, so I just think every time you go out on the court, it's a chance to get better with the center middle connections, getting that outside connection, serving in bounds, all of those things. Um, I think the thing that was going on with um, the Long Island team was that there was a lot of international players on that team. They were very small. They were very fast. The libero was very fast. They had very quick arm swings, and it's just it's just different. It's we pl- we play the teams from Puerto Rico when they're 12 and they're all five foot two and they just dive all over the place and they have really great hand contact. So it's just a completely different game and I think the Huskers just were kind of like, eh, we're gonna win, but I don't I don't want I don't know what you guys were doing over there and it was just kind of distracted <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it does. So. It does. Tanya Taki joining us on the LOVIP line. Um, are you as disappointed as I am that Florida was upset? I mean, Florida has been playing not great because they've lost their setter, and then I, th- I heard that they lost another player. So I honestly think they shouldn't have even been a 16 seed in hosting. Um, it probably should have been um, one of the other, you know, name another team that made it to the Sweet 16. Obviously, they sh- are in the top 16. They should have gotten a host. Um, but just, I, I mean, I feel terrible because I think Florida had a chance to be a team that was going to be number one in the country. Like, they were, that's what, track they were on to start the season and then their setter went down against Wisconsin and that was the end of it they just couldn't recover and they just haven't since so I wasn't surprised they lost I was just I'm more I'm more feel for them that they just aren't having the season they should have had yeah just from the storybook the way the the committee put the tournament together Nebraska gets to play possibly you know Florida Merritt Beeson's former team and then uh, to, to go to the final four hopefully they get past uh, what is it Georgia Tech 
uh, and, yeah. and they get to play Craig Skinner in Kentucky. I, I mean, it just it was kind of one of those that, yes, please <laughs> sign me yeah. up. We want to see all of that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's the way. I mean, honestly, we shouldn't have played Florida. If, the, if Florida was having the season they were, were having, we wouldn't have faced Florida until the Final Four because yeah. they should have been hosting because they and they should have been one of the top four seeds because that's what kind of season they were having. They were going to beat Wisconsin early on. They were beating, you know, knocking off teams left and right. Nobody could touch them. They were sweeping everybody, and it just, it just took a turn for the worse, and it just, it's kind of heartbreaking for them. Nebraska advances to the Sweet 16 for the 12th year in a row. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. You think that sometimes it gets almost like the '90s in Husker football, where you just take advantage or take for granted that they're always going to be great for the rest of our lives. You know, I mean, I, I've thought about that a little bit. You know, why why has Nebraska you know continued to be great? And I think a lot of it has to do with having steady coaches. Um, I mean, with football, I just feel like for the last, I don't even know. I mean, I can't even keep track of since we had Tom Osborne, how many coaches there has been. And since Terry Pettit, there's only been one, you know, coach cook. And so I think that's part of it. And then the other part is just how much um, Nebraska has put into the athletic facility. Like you're not going to see sky boxes in any other volleyball facility out there. Um, to have sky boxes and to have the facility that they have and the fan base that they have, I mean, that's something that's really special. And I think people, like the best players in the country, want to play here. You know, and so I think that's that's the, as long as we can keep that going. Now, I think what happened with football is that football found something special. They found their Husker power. They were taking creatine left and right. I was in the, you know, in the training room when in the 90s, in 95, 96, 97, 98, like big 90s, and they changed a lot of the rules to even all that out in football. Like, so you can't serve steaks every night, and you can't have these, like, protein extra booster things. Like, you can't do any of that stuff anymore because Nebraska, like, started it. And so I just think the world has evened out in football, and we don't have, you know, oceans and warm weather and so why would you come to nebraska now when there isn't anything that makes it as special as the other places so i think volleyball has that over football right now nobody else is doing what we're doing with volleyball and it shows can i ask you a quick question though about coach yeah. cook you you say that the that consistency in coaching is great but the one thing that i think is one of the bigger reasons why coach cook has been able to continue is because he's really changed the way he plays and the way he molds his teams and the type of uh, the style of volleyball that Nebraska plays over the years when Penn State became Penn State in five straight national championships, John Cook went, I can't do what I'm doing. I've got to be better. I've got to make changes. And he's, he's reinvented himself and his teams. Am I off on that on that analogy or that that thought? No, I mean, I think that's what he, he you know, when you read his books and listen to him talk, like he went out and said, I, I'm not the best, I'm not the best at this. I want people who are the best at this to help me. And he went out and did that. And he also listened to his players like Kelly Hunter, while she was a player was basically like, you have to stop standing for one. You have to stop with the harumphs, like body language. When there's a mistake, you have to stop this. You have to stop that. Um, just listening to like the sports psychologist on, you can't have 30-minute conversations with players on this is what needs to happen against this team. It needs to be like 30-second snippets. Like, this is rotation one. This is what we need to do. Here's a video. 30 seconds done. Yeah. Because anything longer than that, 
is they lo- you've lost it. And so I yeah. think, and you'll you'll see that in coaching in general right now. Um, just the players' reactions to coaches. Um, like I've always been a coach that coaches to like creativity and how do I get this specific player to think a little differently or try something different. But I think in general, once coaches find success, they stop learning. They stop trying to do something different because they found success. Yeah. And I think that's something that coach cook has done really well is said, I've found some success and, you know, I've won national championships. I've been coach of the year, but what can I do to be better? And I think that's something that he prides himself on. Well, he also had the role model uh, of Terry Pettit. It's interesting. You're great to talk to on this because you played for both. You played for Pettit and you right. played for cook. Uh, both I'm sure reinvented them selves as coaches over the years and you you talked about you know his body language that he's giving out and I know he's read every motivational book of all time and he legitimately wants to be a better coach uh but the guy that you started under I remember reading something about Cook they win the first national title he was uh, I think his first year right national title yep and uh he thinks this is going to be really easy I mean this is this is the easiest job ever I'm just going to win national titles every year uh, and he hasn't done that, but it's been pretty darn close. I mean, my goodness. Uh, right. What, uh, he is, he's been uh, an interesting study in coaching. I mean, certainly one of the best. We talk about it all the time. You'd put him on the top, what, five coaches in Nebraska history, regardless of sport, wouldn't you? I, uh, right. Absolutely. I mean, he, uh, he, he's on Mount Rushmore. He's in top four. Top four. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, even just, you know, bringing on Jordan Larson and like listening to her, you know, like she's played for some of the best coaches in the world and played with players that are the best in the world. And she's challenging some of the things that he is thinking about, like how he, you know, he keeps saying that the game has no memory, but then he's worried about stats from the last time we played this team and the last time we played in the final four, you know, in the final sweet 16 or whatever, like just numbers and stats, like sometimes numbers and stats aren't going to tell you what you need to do to play against the next team. And just what I've been impressed with is just how much more confidence Allie Batenhorst has in herself. And I a hundred percent know that that's because Jordan Larson's in her ear when coach cook, you know, is dropping an F bomb here because she needs to do this there and do that there. And, you know, Jordan's able to get in her ear and be like, Hey, he just wants you to be great. Just go out there and be great. You know, and just having that buffer and just having somebody who's been there and done that and, has all the confidence in the world, you know, and so Coach Cook trusts Jordan to say, hey, give give Harper Murray, give Allie Batenhorst, give Andy Jackson what they need to mentally be tougher to be able to handle me, you know. So it's it's been fun to watch, and it's exciting to see, and I can't wait to see how the season ends. Well, and speaking of 12th uh, seed of Georgia Tech at the Bob on Thursday at 1 o'clock, and then if they get past the Yellow Jackets, it is either – Arkansas or Kentucky, your thoughts on the Georgia Tech match, and then I'm going to say the probable Kentucky match uh, heading into next week. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched. I don't know that I've even watched Georgia Tech play. I just I'm, I follow a lot of the NCAA on Facebook and Twitter, and then Emily Eamon, one of the kind of the key you know sports announcers for volleyball, and just kind of listening to what they have to say, and and it just sounds like uh, Georgia Tech kind of has that same. Um, international play that we talked about with um, Long Island, just that that faster hand, smarter shots, you know, killer defense. I think the coaches from Brazil, and there's two Brazilian players on the team, 
So I think it's just another style of volleyball that they're going to need to adjust to. Um, and so it's probably good that we played Long Island so that we can be like, hey, you can't go up high. Like, the, we are not blocking Shrek from Wisconsin. You've got to be a lower hand down, you know, block setup and just a different defense style um, just to, to figure out how to beat them. Um, so I think it should be a good game. Yeah. And that's what we want to have this time of year. I know that the 1 o'clock time has some people upset but i believe the reason why that we're at one o'clock is because one it's not as a dramatic game as wisconsin penn state and purdue oregon those are the two dramatic games and then they know husker fans are going to show up regardless of time and they're going to make their money that's right (laughs) put a 1 a.m on the moon they're going to be there uh yes uh 1 p.m it'll be on espn two uh at the bob uh, and then uh, the Kentucky, if you want to watch that, Kentucky versus Arkansas play at 3.30, and I definitely want to watch that. That's on ESPNU. Uh, and then the winners would play Saturday at 5 p.m. We assume Nebraska will be in that game on ESPNU. So that'll be fun. Hey, Tanya, this is we've been doing this for a couple of years. You're great. Uh, we love you. You're, you're the best at it. And uh, we're going to continue to do this until Nebraska wins the national title, and we think it'll be this year. Yeah. It should. I mean, we have a great shot at it. I I mean, I, I, what I look into, what I'm looking for is just how mature this team can be down the stretch. You know, this is the time of year where the you can tell who has the super seniors, and unfortunately for us, that's Wisconsin. And so it's just how much has our team matured playing in the Big Ten, having Jordan Larson on our bench, you know, all of those things. It's just going to be where did we how, – how did that stack up to, to finish out? <laughs> Live radio, Tanya. Yeah. As we sit here and we're playing this stuff out. No, so um, and, and I totally agree with with that. Um, you also uh, came into studio one time, and we had you jump into the picks of density. Yeah, and yeah. you you did it in such a unusual fashion that it um, based on the talent of based the on the talent of the volleyball teams and who would win the volleyball matchup. I'm blown away. You had a rough week the last two weeks, but other than that, you were like kicking our butts. You go three and five the last two weeks, and you're going to wind up 21, 26, and one. But considering that, I mean, some of these just weren't fair because their volleyball teams yeah. were having very bad years. <laughs> so um, right. yeah. Absolutely incredible. And and we are going to we are going to get you sushi. Yeah. But we're going to put a bow on the picks of density uh, for the football season, and uh, I think we're going to carry it on for basketball with Tom and I. But uh, I think. Next season, we have you back on. We're going to probably do it the entire year and have you in for the entire thing because uh, it was be a super ton fun. of fun. Uh, well, yeah, how this is year. this football thing going to go? Like, is, is everybody up in arms about the top four football? I, I am. I lost my mind last break. So, yes. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, cause my, we like to be angry, though, right? We, it, want, we right. want Alabama to be in the four teams so we can scream about it because it makes well, us angry. Right. Yeah. And my point is, and you, now you're a player. This could have affected you at some point in your career, especially when you were in college. Um, but I, a couple of examples. Somebody I, I saw on social media said, so if Patrick Mahomes has a season-ending injury, do the Chiefs, are they not allowed in the playoffs? Or right. is there, does their record get them there? And the argument is, are these the four best teams based on a bunch of people's opinions? The answer to that may be yes. My problem with that is that's subjective. Right. Did Florida State do what they needed to do? Were they in the Power Five Conference? Yes. Did they go 13-0? Yes. Did they win their championship game? Yes. Did they do every single thing that would have been asked of them to make the college football playoff? Did they earn it? 
do the facts say they're better than any team with one loss? Yeah, Sometimes because the facts are and subjective 0, as well. Thirteen and zero is better than twelve and one. It's, so yeah, I, I, I mean, was, yeah, we we pissed. have that in volleyball too. I mean, Kansas State didn't make the tournament, but they beat Texas and they beat BYU. Sweeps back to back nights. I mean, there's just so many things out yep. there when it comes yep. to just the who's on the committee and what the what the criteria is. Yep. I mean, a lot of that. It just blows my mind that that's where we're at. Yeah, and the other one I brought up was Kenyon Martin back in, in 2000. Cincinnati's the number one team in the country. He's the player of the year, but he breaks his leg three minutes into the first game of the conference tournament in Conference USA. And the committee does not reward Cincinnati with a number one seed. They give, make him a number two seed, and they ultimately get upset the second round. Now, I thought that was just and, – and they even said, they said, well, but they're not the same team, and they're not deserving of a number one ranking without him. And it's like, what do you mean they don't deserve it? Yeah. Are, are they 27 and three or not? <laughs> you know but what I mean? In, so. in that vein, I, I can see the argument. Hey, are you more confident if Tommy Frazier's your quarterback or Matt Terman? Uh, I'm going to take Tommy Frazier. And they had I, I, I Jordan would. Travis, who's really good, and now their third stringer I, is not as good. I get it, but number nine, whoever he was that ran out of the Wildcat, he's enough. And and I uh, think I think go. they could have given Michigan yeah. a game, regardless. Hey, Tanya, we love you, and we'll, we'll talk to you again next week as Nebraska. Okay, sounds will, great. Uh, I'm sure Nebraska will have advanced to the Final Four by then. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Tanya. Yes, and I'm planning to be – I'll be at the Final Four regardless. Yes. I bought my tickets in August, and I'm nice. going. Oh, great. Awesome. We have a reporter from the Final Four. manatee. In the process. <laughs> <There> <laughs> nice. you go. Thanks, Tanya. Talk to you next week. Yep. All right. All right. There you go. Tanya Taki, uh, head coach of Nebraska One and one of the great middle blockers in Nebraska volleyball history. And her takes are awesome. Uh, well, the picks not, of density, not great sometimes. Just the last two weeks. And literally, I'm sitting there looking at them as, as we were picking them. And it's like, she has no chance here. Yeah. Just because, I mean, the, the, the volleyball team that she's picking. Yeah. Um, the football team is horrible. <laughs> so, her, her, yeah, her numbers were really not that bad. They, we'll, they, we'll, they really weren't. So. We'll find out how we did uh, and who has to pay off who. Yep. Uh, it is the picks of density to finish out the show, and it is Husker Rewind. Every Sunday night, 5 to 7, with Mike Melby and Tom Steven. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket, TicketFM.com. Thank you very much for watching. If you are watching us on the Sarger Heyman live stream, it is live on Allo Channel 951 or live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. If you want to join the show, 402-464-5685 on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline or the Sarger Heyman text line. And it is now time for the Picks of Density. It's time now for the Picks of Density. Because it's a pick! Wait, it says density on here. I'm your density. Oh, I get it. Because your picks carry a lot of weight, right? That's some heavy shit, man. All right, let's roll with it. The picks of density. You got to be killing me. I mean, you've won. Uh, you've won, right? I, I did. I did win uh, only by two games. We both went four and four last week, and it was funny because. You, you knew you needed to catch up a couple of games, yeah. and so I went first, and you just picked the opposite team on, like, yeah. four games. Yeah. You won two, and I won two. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, how did we come out on that? Because I, mean, I know I, Michigan covered. Did, yeah, uh, uh, did the Florida State cover? Uh, Florida State did cover, which means that you and, and uh, Tanya both were incorrect. You guys had, yeah. had Louisville uh, and took the points, uh, but it was a 10-point spread. Who would we have on Georgia-Alabama? 
you and uh, no, you had Alabama, and myself and Tanya had Georgia, uh-huh. and then Texas. How'd we? How'd we pick? You we... had Oklahoma State, and I had Texas as oh, well as Tanya. I think. What was I thinking? I got so, throttled. So, right. No, thirty twenty-five and one. We had one where the point it wanted to be in a push. So thirty twenty-five. For me, 28, 27, and one for you. Mm. Um, All right. So we'll get that paid Restaurant off later. of your choice. Yeah. We're going to jump in. We we kind of like this segment. We hope you guys do, too. We're going to do it again moving forward, and I'm just going to throw out some games coming up yeah. in NCAA basketball. The point spreads are not there, so this is okay. just going to be straight up. All right. So some of them are going to be easy because okay. you're going to have something like, I don't know, Iowa at number one Purdue on Monday. Uh, what's the spread there? I, I, that's what it, it's okay, not I'm, posted I'm take, yet. I'll take Purdue regardless. Yeah, there's. I know that's they're what coming I mean. off the overtime loss to Northwestern. Yeah, we're going to be doing games that are later in the week, so yeah. the spreads are not even going to be available to yeah. us. So let's just go straight up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go to Monday Night Football where we do know a spread though. Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, I think Cincinnati's not played great as of late. Nope. Jacksonville's very good. Oh, so I'll take Jacksonville. Okay. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, at Cincinnati this year. I hope Zach's okay. Well, uh, Joe Burrow with a broken hand is not good yeah. for them. But, yeah, even before that, they just seemed a right. little discombobulated. Yeah. Yeah. On Tuesday, 13th-ranked Florida Atlantic at number 24, Illinois. Uh, Illinois, we mentioned they had that uh, preseason win over Kansas. They're a pretty good basketball team. They throttled Rutgers yesterday. Yep. Uh, I like Illinois. 58. I like Illinois. All righty. I've got Illinois as well. And I took Jacksonville and Purdue as well, so we're both dead right. even right now. All right. Uh, number 17, North Carolina at number four, UConn on Tuesday. UConn's good. Uh, they won the national title. I don't know if you've heard, but they did uh, win the national title last year. And I think Danny Hurley's a great coach, and I, I like UConn. I do, too. Uh, Texas, 16th-ranked Texas at number three, who will fall after their loss to Wisconsin. Marquette, that game's on Wednesday. Does Marquette bounce back, or does Texas yeah. continue the misery for him? Mentioned that Marquette just lost on the road to Wisconsin yesterday, uh, but I think they do bounce back. I like Marquette. I do as well. Wisconsin, who has got a tough schedule coming up, on next Saturday, they yeah. are at number two, Arizona. Can they pull another upset? Uh, no. Arizona's really, really good. Totally uh, agree. Yeah. All righty. Penn State at Maryland on Wednesday. Penn State, hard to figure out. They lost to Bucknell. Yeah, and Maryland is Maryland's not very, not good, very either. good either. So, I know. Um, uh, what the heck? Penn State. All righty. I actually took Maryland, so we yeah. finally got a different one. Um, and then this Wednesday night, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Nebraska Cornhuskers trying to bounce back from a 29-point yeah. loss today. When they take on the Golden Gophers. Uh, I believe in this basketball team, but I don't think Minnesota's as bad as you guys think they are. Okay. I think Minnesota's a pretty good basketball team, and I think if they do win, it's going to be really, really close. Uh, but I'll take Nebraska. Okay. I will as well. I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Let's let's have a little bit of extra since we're, we've are we got seven right. of the same. Okay. Nebra- we both have Nebraska. I say Nebraska wins by more than eight. Is that a good number for you to go uh, under go, eight? I'll go under that. Okay. I think more like five. Okay. So there we go. Picks of density for this week. Now, the one thing that we have not talked about on the show today, either the Husker Hoops postgame or anything we've done since then, is Nebraska football and the issue they have at a couple of positions where the transfer portal might help out. It opens tomorrow, by the way. Welcome to the transfer portal. Remember we used to have that sounder all the time? It was like getting it in some sort of spaceship um, camera. Yep. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> uh, live radio. I yeah. got I got to remember to turn the camera on. Um, 
But I, I think the needs, as you're talking about the portal, which opens tomorrow, our quarterback. It's been rumored Nebraska has already met with K-State quarterback Sam Howard. Um, Cam Ward, uh, a one-year transfer, is in the transfer portal and I think has listed Nebraska on his list of schools. Uh, obviously, he'll be in high demand. I think the number one quarterback in the portal is Ward. Number two is Will Howard. Well, and I think Max Johnson would have been the number one, but he's already committed to North Carolina. Yeah. So he's already, even though he's not officially in the portal until midnight. It was um, interesting to hear Mike or Matt Rule say that uh, those guys, okay, but they're going to cost one to two million dollars. Okay, so I'm going to go back to that comment, and and I wish we had a little bit more time than this, but hey, it, it's live radio, and we we've got time frames we got to live with. But um, Matt Rule in his post game press conference on Wednesday said, "Hey, so we're all on the same page," and I don't think he was talking to one person in that room. I think he was talking to anybody and everybody that has a checkbook in their back pocket and somebody comes to them from the university or from the 1890 collective and says... You think he was talking to the collective? I think he was talking to the collective and to the boosters. Okay. Hey, you want a quarterback that's going to win us a national title or that's going to... Like, get me a Will whatever, Howard. Then... then yeah, give me a Cam Ward. They're 1.5 to 2 million. So yeah. just so we're on the same page, hint, hint. Yeah, um, it probably won't get Will Howard or Sam uh, or Cam Ward, but they've talked to both of them. I think Will Howard's going to be uh, rumors he's offered by USC. Caleb Williams is moving on, uh, so he's going to have some competition, obviously. Uh, but if Nebraska wants him, it's the right fit. He would seem to be a Nebraska. If he likes Kansas State, why wouldn't he like Nebraska? Well, uh, true. Uh, and if you can pay him, pay him. Uh, but any of one of those, I would be very interested in. There are some names, and I want to throw anybody under the bus. There are some names of this list I'm not excited about, but they, it opens tomorrow. I think Nebraska goes after a couple linebackers, maybe two quarterbacks, a couple wide receivers, but they're not going to they're not going to go Michigan State crazy and get 25 transfers. No, and 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 I think MJ Morris is one of the names that I've yeah, heard that, that I've heard that name we, as well. We I just I'm not sure that that's that's somebody. Well, it's weird because he had success. He gets wins over both Miami and Clemson and one other school can't might have been Wake or something like that. And then he retires from football, at least red shirts for the rest of the year. He says, I want to I want to hold my red shirt for the rest of the year. And that's tough. That's a tough situation. How can you? Well, again, that, that's one of those where from a teammate you're a starter, standpoint, you say I want to preserve my red shirt. And it, from a chemistry standpoint and in your locker room, if you're going to bring somebody like that in, you need to know all of the details of what happened and why in that yeah, situation. I agree because so. he's actually been successful to some degree. Uh, but do you want that? Uh, well, th- there's a lot more on that discussion. We're leaving. Uh, yep. It was fun to combine shows. We did the Husker Hoops postgame show. It was not fun. The result today, Nebraska gets blown out by Creighton, but uh, Nebraska is at Minnesota. And we said go 2-2 two and two in the stretch. It's going to be tough because K-State's on that list as well coming up. But I, I think Nebraska could do it. We'll find out. Uh, we'll have another show next week. We do them every week. Husker Rewind, Mike Melby, Tom Stevens. See you next week.